Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Des Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. For the first time in franchise history, the St. Louis Blues are Stanley Cup champions. Late in the game, the Blues put it away with this. As stepping back in and being wedged to the corner with Perron, but he walks right out with it. Perron put it across, they the final on the call from NBC. Here's how the final call sounded on the Blues radio network. And the time winds down. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions for the first time in franchise history. Iowa football has picked up their 11th verbal commitment for the 2020 class as Kansas offensive lineman Mason Richmond commits to the Hawks. The three-star, six-foot-five, two hundred and sixty-five-pound offensive lineman picked Iowa over offers from Kansas, Northern Illinois, and Air Force. Major League Baseball: The Cubs bounce back in a big way in Colorado yesterday. That will lead the yard, and Baez with a two-run homer. The call from NBC Sports Chicago: Home run number seventeen of the year for Baez in Houston. It took fourteen innings, but the Brewers find the win column against the Astros. Moustakas drives one deep right center field, and there it goes! Mike Moustakas does it again! Moustakas' 21st home run of the season on the call from Fox Sports Wisconsin. The Brewers lead the Cubs by a half game in the NL Central. Going up today in MLB, the Twins host the Mariners at 210. Cardinals on the road in New York to face Jacob deGrom and the Mets. And the Cubs late tonight, 910 first pitch in LA against the Dodgers. It'll be John Lester opposite Clayton Kershaw. Coming up tonight on KXNO, it's Barnstormers Weekly, Joe Stacy and Dixie Wooten live from Mac Shack in West Des Moines. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us. 
Trent and I are here for the next couple of hours. That's the case every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon, talking sports with you. If there's any portion of the program you miss or there's a guest that you want to hear again, uh, you can always go to the podcast page. We encourage you to do that. Podcasts are up uh, relatively quickly uh, after the program uh, ends here uh, at noon. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk sports wagering. Chris Andrews who just really wrote a book on uh, his career. He's a funny guy. He's been a long time uh, line maker, bookmaker in Nevada. He's right now, he's at the South Point. I believe the South Point is going to have some major interests here in the uh, state of Iowa as far as uh, some of taking the uh, the risk at some of the properties here. But Chris Andrews is going to join us. We'll talk sports. Uh, one, of the re- one of the things I want to get into, Trent, and good to see you with him. Same to you. Uh, John Bowencamp, by the way, at 1045. Yeah, we'll talk Hawks. But basketball is McCaffrey met with the media, but John's got a new endeavor, and I want to give him some love mm-hmm. because um, one of the guys in the media that uh, it's hard to find Anybody that has a bone to pick with boning camp, right? right? Yes. Uh, one of the good guys, and uh, he lost his gig at the Burlington Hawkeye last week, and he's going to, at least to begin with, uh, go the blog route. So give him a little publicity, one of the good guys. And look, nobody or very few people deserve to lose their job um, the way he did. And uh, just uh, sadly, the, uh, the the world that we live in. So John Bowencamp and then John Cannon, uh, he's going to uh, join us in the 11 o'clock hour as we will preview game number six tonight. One of our winter sports crowd, the champion last night. We could be in the same boat here tonight. Uh, but where I wanted to go sports-wise, just real quick, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because I want to get to the hockey. It was spectacular uh, last night as the Blues win their first in franchise history. You know, we, I've been asked, um, you know, as sports was getting closer mm-hmm. to, and I, again, I'm, I'm the horse racing person with the company that I work for. So they're not asking you for football lines, no, baseball no, lines. No. no, but they did want to pick my brain as to how much business I thought that Iowa would do. How much handles? Um, okay. you know, if there was a, there was a, a stat came out yesterday, New Jersey released their, handle for the month of May, and it was 319,000 in the month of May, 319 million, rather, in the month of May, which is bonkers. Um, And for a month, for a month, 319 million, 300. Now it's going to go down because New York just passed sports yesterday. Sure. People jumping across the bridge and there they go. Absolutely. Or underneath the river and uh, (laughs) in in some cases through the tunnels. But but your point is right. Yeah, Yeah. the New Yorkers are not going to have to come into the state of New Jersey. But still, it's a massive number. Mm -hmm. And in comparison, Nevada doesn't release their months until the fall. So they'll release May at the end of June. They'll release June at the end of July. Don't know why they do it that way, but they wait 30 days. So, but May of, May of 19, May of 2018, uh, Nevada did 315 million. May of 2019, New Jersey, New Jersey beat that by 3 million. They're betting more in New Jersey than they are in Nevada, which brings me back to my horrible, horrible projection. Uh, of how much money is going to be bet in the state of Iowa? Because I think every single one of us that did projections based on a guesstimate is going to be way low. What was your projection? Do you mind? No, I don't. I'm not going to buy You don't even want to put it out there, huh? <laughs> no. uh, maybe twenty million. Yeah, it seems like a good number. Twenty million? No, it's going to be more than that. Now there might be months we the state bets twenty million. I don't know. I Four really... times as much. Yeah, I mean, eighty million. Will they get to a hundred million? I I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer to when that. When would that be? Would it be September, October? Would that be Super Bowl has to be involved? 
What would be what the will biggest be month? The biggest month gambling, sports wagering in Iowa. That's a great question. January's got all the playoff games. Mm-hmm. January's got the football national champion and basketball. College going basketball. Out. Yeah. Um, January will be big. The Super Bowl is the biggest single event. March Madness is through the roof. August, September will be big because of the, you have to try it. You have to get there and open your account. Since I did, I better as well bet a week one game. Yep. Week three in the, in college football. Baseball's coming down the street. I don't know. I think January, maybe. January be, be your guess. I, I think it still might be March Madness is where mm-hmm. I put my wager. Maybe. If it's even across, but it's... And, and, and will Iowa be different opposed to, you know, what we see in the other states? I'm pro sure. states, air quote, pro yeah. states. Illinois will be a different kind of handle. What's important well, there? You can't bet here? college. You can't bet the Illinois well, college teams part. in the state of Illinois. So, anyways, I just thought I'd throw that out there. we got Chris Andrews coming up, and I want to see, um, you know, if he's willing to uh, share what their projections were. Or if, you know... if. If he has an idea, just a guesstimate how much the state of Iowa is going to do. But we have to start with uh, Game 7 last night. Um, good for the Blues. Trent, they, they were the best team on the ice in Game 6. I know that sounds crazy that I said that, but I meant that. Uh, when a team loses 5-1, you're all wet. How can, the, how can the team that lost 5-1 be the best team on the ice? They were. They had a couple of bad goals go against them. They are an unbelievable road team. You have to win 16 games to win the Stanley Cup. When the playoffs start, it's the first and only team to get the 16. The Blues won 10 of their games on the road. 10 of those 16 they picked wow. off on the road. Amazing amazing what this team was able to do they were just the better team from start to finish congratulations to all the blues fans i don't think there's i don't know how many there are a handful a handful of blues fans sure transplants not, not as many as the blackhawks no or not the as wild. many as the wild no absolutely not but third in the market i don't know i don't know uh, just i mean it could be you know national teams like the red wings mm-hmm. something like that but they got to be up there. yeah they would there, there's they would been more some. that i have seen people that one of my buddies, one of my best friends, is a Cardinals fan since we were little. So he thinks the St. Louis tie yes, makes, and automatically makes him a Never fan. really was a big hockey guy, but mm-hmm. was it four years ago? I think they made the run to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, seems like that could be Four or right. five years yeah, ago, right yeah. in that range. And, and that's when he first, I'll oh, watch it a little bit. And this year, I mean, every playoff game, I'm mm-hmm. getting texts nonstop, just on and on and on about this great Blues fandom and how long he's waited. 38 years to see this. Come on. Yeah, no. <laughs> You've but, been a fan for four years. <laughs> you know, that's. And I, was, I was watching that last night and just the drama in a game seven. I, I don't know, Trent. I, I mean, I find myself watching this, and I'm not the person to opine on this, to talk this. I don't understand why the sport hasn't grown as quickly as I believe that it should. Now, yeah. I do get it. There's no rink on every corner, right? Mm-hmm. There's no outdoor skating rink that you pass by when you're walking to school or, or anywhere. There's no outdoor rinks. There is on, I mean, in, there's rinks everywhere north of the border and probably so in, in Minnesota and, and some of the, you know, states that, yeah. uh, the winter states, if you will. North Dakota. North Dakota. Like so our that's, buddy Tyler over here. Sure. So that's a big, big, a big, big reason why it hasn't grown because we, or the, the, you know, the listening audience never played the game as kids, but just watching that drama and what they're playing for. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there, when the cup came onto the ice, and it's the same with me every single year, I got a tear in my eye just seeing that. It's something about that holy grail. The music uh, playing yes, underneath it, it is, it is a scene we don't get in any other sport. The no. handshake line afterwards, 
and the admiration and respect mm-hmm. that you can absolutely see on both sides. After knocking the ever-living you-know-what <laughs> out of each other for seven games. And it's then incredible. You, you line up, you shake hands, you say, great job, enjoy that yeah. cup, and you go back to your locker. It's, it's the best post-series event yes, uh, in, in all of sports. It, it truly is. When the cup comes on the ice, and boy, there were more F-bombs. I think they broke. KXNO's record for most F-bombs airing in a two-minute period on radio or TV. Ah. So we no longer have that uh, good, good. going forward, which is a good thing. Do they get a cut for that? I don't know. But do you hear that? That yeah. mean every single one of them. Yes. It's like, turn the mics down. What do you expect them to say? Got to do something there. Yeah, have to turn that off. You know, the NFL has tried to do something somewhat similar as they take the Lombardi Trophy mm-hmm. through all the players, through the players and, and the crowds, and, they're touching. and it's pretty field. cool. Yeah, but it just—it's more. It feels more manufactured. Right. Who, who tried one. to sneak onto the stage a couple of years ago? Oh, I don't. I don't remember. Oh, it's an actor. He's a. He's a, he's a small dude. Uh, he's in all those movies with The Rock. In all the movies with The Rock, I think it's The Rock. I don't. I don't know, know if I've ever. Uh, Kevin Hart? Yes! Uh, Tyler had it here. Yes, Kevin Hart. <laughs> and then when Philly won, uh, and he got uh, the security okay. wouldn't let him onto the stage. But anyway, it's just it's a spectacular scene, um, and they're skating around with it, and man, oh man. Mm-hmm. As Emmerich or one of the guys on the telecast pointed out last night, every single kid that played that game has lifted that cup in its dreams. So many. I have millions, dozens, hundreds of times. You score the goal in the in third period? In the driveway, period. right, under, you know, playing under the stars, and it's time to come in. You know, and your mom or your dad's yelling at you, you know, to, to come in and just one more uh, rush up the uh, up the road if you're playing street hockey to score the cup winner. I don't get it, Trent. I, I, I'm um, beyond trying to figure out why it's because it's just so good. It's, it's so good. It's an excellent sport. I enjoy it. I am still just a playoff guy. I'll flip mm-hmm. on a couple of regular season. No, but games, yeah, you have to it. have a team in the regular season yeah. to get into it. I get that part. It's it, like the NBA for us, too, right? right? It, you just you have to have that investment that's in there. And what you're talking about, that's ingrained. And people, how do you grow whatever sport that it is? It, it has to start at the grassroots level. And here in Iowa, let's just take a look, or even Central Iowa, and make it even more localized. What would it take? We have the Iowa Wild; they do a great job. Mm-hmm. Bucks have been here for a long time. There's tons of outreach that the Wild I know have done initiatives to. Put rinks in and get more people. Yeah, involved. I'm not sure you can take a stick on those rinks. That's the okay. thing, though. I don't think I remember it, it, growing up. There would be there would be usually two hockey rinks, and then one we called what the the uh, the name of it was the pleasure rink. So that's where you go and you skate and you leave your sticks and the pucks. You huh? can't bring your stick on the ice. That's so, where you go and you hold hands with the young, l- yeah, young lady. Exactly. And yes, or, yeah, exactly. Th- that. that type of thing. Yes. And, um, you know, while you're waiting for whoever's ever practicing on the rink to end before the other team sneaks on, you may have two minutes to rush out there and take a couple of shots before you get kicked off <laughs> and back to the pleasure rink. Um, but I don't know if you can take sticks onto the ice here. And the Wild have done a great job mm-hmm. trying to grow the sport. They really and truly have. But I just think in, in a lot of ways they're up against it. It's just because it's not part of, you know, the fabric, if you will, like it is. And wrestling is huge here. Mm-hmm. Other parts of the country. No, it's I mean, not. The SEC doesn't even have wrestling. No, I, we never wrestled. I never wrestled once in my life. We, in school, we didn't wrestle at all. But that is from the get-go. I remember in kindergarten, my first ever wrestling match as a five-year-old. Yeah. Going out there because that's what you did. Small town Iowa, that's what you did. You started wrestling at a young age. It has to be something deeper than that. It can't just be initiatives from the Iowa Wild and other people and hockey lovers. It has to be deeper. It has to be ingrained, and I don't know if it'll ever grow. Yeah. You look at hockey, and 
You look at the ratings TV-wise, and you got that core, it's one getting, and a half, two million people. But it gets that are crushed. Watched. gets crushed. WNBA but, beats it. Yeah. WNBA beats it. Really? I mean, a, lot, a lot of those air quote fringe sports. Mm-hmm. And this is what this is what it tells me. You know, when you're talking to hockey, you're talking fringe sport. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Right. It's yeah. a fringe sport in this country. Uh, Jordan Bennington was unbelievable. As I mentioned in game six, um, the Blues got goalied in game six. Tuka Rask was unbelievable. Last night, Jordan Bennington, when his team needed him most, he goalied the Boston Bruins. The first 20 minutes of that game, it was all Boston. Yet, you look up at the scoreboard after 20 minutes, it's 2 nothing Blues. They had four shots, two of them beat Tuka Rask. Bennington was unbelievable and was the entire game. They're so good on the road. Uh, the best team won the Stanley Cup. And think about this, and we said it many times, January 2nd, they were 31st out of 31 teams. 31st stand, Last. one of their fans made a $400 win- yeah. wager mm-hmm. for them to win it all. Did you see his celebration last night? I saw the, yeah, I saw the Twitter. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah, I did see his tweet about it. Had Good for him. Bottle of champagne yep. there. Buddies around $100,000 if they win it. He had opportunities to sell the ticket. Oh, no, I would have done it, wouldn't you? Oh, there is not a doubt in my mind. That thing would have been sold yep. so quick. I would have got to forty thousand. I probably would have sold it for ten. Yeah, maybe. before the playoffs began, right. I would have been out on that and and just grabbed the money. But he let it ride mm-hmm. all the way through. He believed that his team, it is his team. Yeah, he's a fan no, he's hardcore. That he was, if he would sell that ticket, it would be bad mojo for it. So he decided to hold on to it. Now he's $100,000 richer. Good for him. Good for him. Yes. Terrific story. Um, well, here's the thing. If, if you're a hockey fan, uh, you only have to wait three months and they'll be back playing again. Well, they'll be playing in two months. It's crazy. Absolutely. So July, August, nuts. they get those entire months off. We're midway through June. September training camp starts. They'll have preseason games. Puck drops October 4th for the regular season. So Royals fans, if you want to throw 400 bucks down on your uh, team right now, I'm, I'm you're sure you're going to waste it. Pretty return on your investment. That is the difference, though, between hockey and the other sports. I mean, there there is a path for a team well, to make a run like this. Well, 16 teams get in. Yeah, 16 get in. That's a big part mm-hmm. of it. Absolutely. And the the difference between, say, the 10th team and most years the 25th, it doesn't seem as significant, at least to me. Yeah, it wasn't too many years ago the Los Angeles Kings were the, the last team. To, they were team 16 to get in. They won the Cup. Yeah, we, we've seen an 8 seed win an NBA title, but that was... Or get to the finals with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. That was in a strike short year. It was 50 mm-hmm. games. You didn't have the same kind of separation. It is a different kind of sport because of that, that that can't happen. And baseball, not going to happen. You look up and, and all of a sudden the Raiders are 0-6 at the beginning of the year. Probably don't want to put that future wager on them to win the Super Bowl. No. Not going to happen. Hockey, you can. And it did this year. Indeed it did with the St. Louis Blues. So good for the Blues. A Central Division team wins it. Um, we'll see if... Um you know, I've already seen the odds to come out. They're they're a big price. They're one of the longest, as far as Cup winners, odds to win it all again next year. They're mm. they're significantly longer than nor than previous Cup winners. I don't know why. Do we see sophomore slumps out of goalies? Is that something yeah, that happens? I don't know. I mean, Trent his kid's story's unbelievable. The the road that the path that he took. I mean, until he wasn't starting until like January the third. He was in the minors. Yeah, and the run that they went on. The, you know, moving out of last place to where they're at now coincided with Bennington getting his opportunity and he's been unbelievable. I thought he would win the Conn Smythe. 
Uh, I texted a, a friend of mine. We were t- uh, texting back and forth last night. I thought Ryan O'Reilly should win it, as I said, Danny Garcia yesterday. After watching Bennington play, I thought, you know what? There's no way they can't give it to Bennington uh, based on the, just last night's performance alone. But they gave it to Ryan O'Reilly, and I think they got the right guy. But Bennington last night was unbelievable. Allen was their goalie before, right? Yeah, Jake Allen. He's still he's their backup now. And that, that was he was the all big, right, though, wasn't he? He was okay, but the big knock on that team is they don't have good enough goaltending to get them okay. all the way. The, the Achilles heel on that team, they got some players, although they don't have... This is the thing about this team. They got a lot of really good players, but there are teams... Tarasenko's... If you're assigning stars, mm-hmm. you know, five stars, most teams have, I don't know... Three, four, five star guys that you would have. St. Louis has one. That's the only one that I really know. Tarasenko, yeah, and he was—he he scored. O'Reilly's a great player. Don't get me wrong. And Petrangelo, the captain of the team, is good. But these aren't five star players. But the Blues—they're just a team. And their coach, Craig Berube. If you were sitting in your cubicle, you're killing time, and you're sick of all this hockey talk. <laughs> just one more thing: Google Craig Berube. This is what B E R U B E. He's as tough an SOB that played the game. Maybe one of the toughest guys. I mean, if he was still playing, this might be the toughest guy in the league today at his age. Oh, really? They called him this, his nickname when he was playing. 80s and 90s with the Flyers for a long time, the Chief. He danced every dance. Uh, and he, threw, he, was, he was involved in some just classic scraps. Is he still the interim head coach? Yes, believe it or not. Now, guessing that's going to change. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess. Now, now, you know, if there is a team that is willing to throw the book at him or throw the you know, you know blank check at him, um, boy, he, no, there's no way he's getting out of St. Louis. So the hockey talk is over for the year. <laughs> Do we promise? Well, I mean, when we get to training camp, I'll be picking your brain about uh, futures odds. Yeah, and there'll be well, maybe that part, maybe that aspect of it. I can just see hands clicking for radio dials as we speak. Well, we're going to be helping the legalized sports wagering. We'll be here. We'll be helping out yeah, the masses. Indeed, Chris Andrews coming up. We'll talk to Chris Andrews from the South Point. His book is out. Uh, it's, uh, you picked it up already, did you not? It is at home. It is sitting as I have a little uh, quick trip coming up, so we'll probably be reading that one in bed tonight, getting mm-hmm. cracked and getting it started. Looking forward to it. Some great stories from Chris, and, and as I think everybody knows, I've known Chris now for a number of years, mm-hmm. and if he has time just to Sit at one of the little desks. You I'd know, love there to sit around point. and have a beer with him. He is just great person. Yeah. The stories, how he has lived, and all these stories are now in book form. Mm-hmm. So looking for something for Father's Day, maybe something like that. What's the name of the book? Uh, let me find it here. That's a good question. Well, you know, and, and um, our buddy Chris Williams uh, from the Fanatics, and obviously Cyclone Fanatic, was out in Las Vegas. It was Chris's first trip to Las Vegas um, in, in his life, and that was last week. He texted me both days he was there in his absolute glory. Just there's there's something about it, Trent. Just sitting in a in a book at night watching you know pick a game. You know whether you bet the game or not. Mm-hmm. Just to sit and watch the reactions to people watch the ebbs and flows of games and the ebbs and flows of people's wager on these things and you know knock uh, have a couple of beers. Just spend some time. I just, I love it. I yes. absolutely love it. And, you know, as much time as I spent going out there by myself, and I know oh, not a big, um, you know, travel by yourself, guys, just so boring. But at night, just sitting in a book, yeah. 
swilling beer, watching. Boy, oh boy, I, I I just lived for those times. I really did. The book, then one day, forty years of bookmaking in Nevada. So you can find so that. That's, so he's telling the story. Then one day, is then that what one it is? day, yeah. yes. So uh, a r- run through his life coming out from Pennsylvania, making his way to Vegas and Reno, and now back to Vegas and at the South Point. Forty years of bookmaking in Nevada again. Then one day, you can find on Amazon everywhere else. Uh, where I picked it up was Amazon. I'll put a link up on our Twitter page, and uh, people can find it there if they're mm. interested. But Chris will be joining us next. Indeed. Uh, we'll take a time out. We'll get to Chris Andrews, John Bowen Camp coming up. We'll uh, we'll recap uh, Fran McCaffrey's uh, Meet the Media session from earlier in the week, uh, which was good. Glad they're doing these type of things in the middle of June. Certainly uh, the fan base laps it up, and the media loves to bring it to you. So we'll we'll talk to John Bowen Camp. We'll also get into what he's doing. John Cannon's going to join us at 11 o'clock, 11.20, rather. He covered Golden State for years. Uh, he will join us. Doesn't anymore, but uh, he'll just still join us. Very in tune with the Golden State Warriors. Game number six tonight. Uh, that's coming up uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. We're Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, taking you up until noon. Let's talk sports wagering, shall we? Chris Andrews, he got a new book out, Then One Day. Of course, Chris is at the South Point. He's been in the business for a number of years, and he joins the program. Chris Trent Condon, Ken Miller, good to talk to you again. Chris Andrews, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, so thanks for having me on. No, I, pre- I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you coming on. So how's the uh, how's life as an author? <laughs> Well, I'd say so far so good. You know, the the book really got generally released yesterday. Uh, there were some other advanced copies out, and it was out on Kindle earlier than that. But the response has been very strong. I've had people come by the uh, sports book with uh, wanting me to sign their their books and all that. And I got written up in the local newspaper. Uh, really, a pretty good story. Uh, you know, it was on the front page of the sports section, above the fold, everything. Wow. So that was pretty cool. Um, so, you know, I'd say so far it's pretty good. You know, it's, uh, I, I don't know that I ever envisioned myself in this position, but it, it's a nice one to be in. So I think all of us, in a certain way, we have ideas, things that yeah, that would make a good book or a time in your life, whatever it may be. Actually getting down and getting down to the dirty work, though, because I've had that idea. And maybe it's not something with me, but something, a story idea. I'm not exactly a writer by any means, but when you get down to it, when you're actually sitting down there in front of the keyboard and putting all these stories out, how did you do it? How did you go through and put this book together? Was it you alone? Did you have a ghostwriter, anybody helping you out? How did all these stories make it to book? No, no, no ghostwriter. Um, you know, I, I started, well, I kind of tried, you know, really to back up for a thing, tragically, about 10 years ago. My wife had a brain tumor, and I was putting out like a, a, a letter every day. By the way, she's doing pretty good right now. Good. Uh, so I was putting out a letter every day, putting it out on, uh, you know, I don't even know if we had Facebook back then, but emailing it to a bunch of her friends and all that. And so many people came back and told me, boy, you're really a good writer. You're really, you know, so I kind of had that in the back of my mind. 
I'd never really written much of anything in my life. And uh, then as Gil wanted me to, Gil, uh, Gil Alexander wanted me to get on the show and tell some of these stories of the old Vegas, <laughs> which now, you know, I started, I was 25 years old, 1981, when I started running a sports book, 23 when I got to Vegas. But, you know, now I'm one of the dinosaurs. I'm 63. So, you know, the, the things I saw in Las Vegas are so vastly different from what's going on today. He wanted me to tell some of those stories, and I did. And people really loved them. They thought it was great. I mean, it's so much that young guys like you, Trent, didn't <laughs> know uh, existed in the, in the days before cell phones and Google and all that sort of thing. So people were fascinated just by the way that uh, the, the industry has changed and the way the town has changed. And I was kind of like, uh, you know, the linchpin, I guess, to that. And, you know, connected with so many people who just wanted to hear those. And uh, eventually people wanted me to start writing a book. And I sat down and, you know, no ghostwriter, no nothing, just me. And you just kind of massage those stories because it's a little different than, you know, you're sitting around the poker table telling a story and <laughs> you know, now you have to write it down and kind of get the tempo right and the words right and you know make sure you get everything in the proper order and all that you know so uh it's a little it's, it's different than talking let's put it that way but you know essentially if you're a good storyteller i think you could probably be a good writer then one day is the book uh, chris andrews is our guest chris let's um and again congratulations on it trent has it uh, and he's looking forward to reading it i hope you do very well with it um you know let's get uh into some of the the sports wagering stories i guess that are making the uh, making the news and what was uh, fascinating from yesterday to me the handle in new jersey uh, for the month of may 319 million and as you know Nevada doesn't report May's numbers until the end of June. But if you go back to May of 2018, it actually surpassed uh, what Nevada was doing. Because I don't think, and maybe it was different, uh, maybe you guys thought that it would, I'm surprised that New Jersey this quickly is handling approximately as much as the state of Nevada on any given month. That surprised me, Chris. How about you? Yeah, it kind of surprised me too, really. Uh, But um, I think the more you look into that, it's probably not that surprising. I mean, they have New York right there, which is right. not legalized gambling yet. You have Philadelphia kind of on the other end of the state, which, you know, there, there are some sports books in Philadelphia. I've heard there's some real problems uh, in Pennsylvania in general with the way they're booking. Now, they're going to make money. Uh, I'm talking about Pennsylvania. But they'll probably leave some on the table. Uh as a result, I think a lot of those customers are heading over to Jersey. It's a very short ride. Uh, yeah, I've been a Westerner a long time, but I grew up back in, in Pittsburgh. So I know that the states back there are much more, uh, much closer together. Mm-hmm. So go from one state to the other. It's not like I'm in Nevada. I mean, it's a long, it's, you know, couple hour trip to get to LA. And if I want to go to Oregon or Arizona, it's even, you know, harder to get to one of the population centers. But it's very easy back east, and I think you're seeing a, a lot of that. You know, probably if we trace back, I would say most of that action is coming from New York. But listen, New Jersey's a pretty populous state too, so there's a lot of people in New Jersey. And uh, if anybody's ever watched The Sopranos or yeah. just knows, uh, 
you know, read the newspaper, I guess you'll see that there's been a lot of gambling in New Jersey <laughs> for, for an sure. awful long time. Indeed there is. So it leads me to my next question, Chris. And, you know, we I was asked uh, what I think, you know, before Iowa got the green light, what are you projection-wise? What is Iowa going to do as a state? How much money in a, year, in a year-to-year basis will Iowa do in sports wagering? What I'm starting to believe is most people's projections are going to come in way, way low because when you see what New Jersey's doing, and there's 19 casinos here in the state of Iowa, we know Prairie Meadows is going to do very well, and uh, the Wild Rose properties are in great spots. There's a lot of casinos that are that are in the right spots over in Council Bluffs across the bridge from Omaha where it's not going to be legal, maybe ever in Nebraska, I don't think. But point being, Chris, I think that Iowa's going to handle a lot more in sports than maybe some were uh, projecting to do so. Well, without naming names, let me say that we are in discussions with some people in Iowa. And, uh, I, you know, Jay Vaccaro, who's uh, the son of Sonny Vaccaro, very well-known uh, college basketball guy, and the nephew of Jimmy Vaccaro, who I've worked with for many years. Jay Vaccaro's kind of been our point man. And I told him about Iowa years ago, before anybody was really on to this, and before Paps, uh, was passed. It was really just kind of uh, theoretical at that point. But I think Iowa could be in a very good position. You know, you have, uh, you know, Missouri isn't far away. Minnesota isn't far away. Illinois isn't far away. Uh, you know, there's some pretty good population centers. And if they kind of do what New York does and somewhat, let's say, screws this up, which, you know, we're talking about governments, you know, <laughs> it's easy for them to screw things up. From what I've seen, Iowa is not, you know, and that's why uh, I guess maybe I believed in the, uh, oh, what would you say, the, uh, you know, the logic of those, that Midwestern brain, I guess, that uh, maybe could have a chance to do things right. Although there's other Midwestern states that have screwed this up too, you know, but I thought maybe Iowa was a, kind of a sleeper. So we were on them pretty quick, and I, I, I'm hoping we get a couple places in Iowa because I think Iowa's going to do well. But, you know, uh, going back to the New Jersey example, if the states surrounding Iowa screw it up, I think it really it's perfect for Iowa because I think they are in a good position. And that, you know, I hate to throw out a number because I'd probably be way way off, but I think that they would probably have a pretty good handle. Um, you know, I I was really you know, I, I don't have to tell you guys I was kind of one of those un, underrated states. It's really you know it's beautiful and uh, you know, the people there are terrific. And uh, I, I think that they would get a lot of business from uh, around that area. So like I said, particularly if the other states screw it up. And there's all indications that they will. <laughs> it's uh, certainly treading that direction. Well, last night we had a Game 7 in the NHL. I'm sure a little bit different for you guys compared to last year with Vegas uh, in the Stanley Cup Final. And then a Game 6 in the NBA. Chris says, you know, I am a degenerate. I uh, like to get down on everything. I've been dead wrong in this NBA Finals with the Durant injury now him officially out going forward with a banged-up Golden State team, but it's back in Oakland. you got Oracle in its final game, on and on and on. What do you see in Game 6 tonight, the NBA Finals? Two-way action? Are you on one side or the other? What's it looking like this evening for you in the Finals? Well, you know, so far we took one pretty big bet on uh, on Toronto. Um, you know, 30000 I mean, that's a pretty sizable bet. Uh, but I, I really think, you know, you usually don't do the big money until the day of the game. So I think we'll, this, you know, today and this afternoon, I think we'll do 
an awful lot of business. So I'm not sure which way the trend is going to go. But right now, I would say it is a little bit on Toronto. Um, you know, they're, listen, they're a hell of a team. They could have easily won uh, that game the other night. But, uh, you know, like uh, it's, it's become a little bit of a cliche. Don't underestimate the heart of a champion. And uh, even though they, you know, uh, Golden State is awfully banged up, uh, I would not underestimate. But, Trent, I'm kind of like you. I've been wrong on every game, I think, so far in this <laughs> oh. series. So <laughs> if anybody's out there thinking, oh, we got this uh, sage from Las Vegas, I'm saying, you know, stick that in your back pocket. That's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's going to be one winner, one loser in this game. But I think it should be a really, really good game. I kind of lean towards Golden State, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take that to the bank. Let's just put it that way. Who are you? My last thing for you, Chris Andrews uh, from the South Point uh, and now author of the book, Then One Day. Who are you rooting against uh, as a book this weekend in the U.S. Open? Is there anybody that you guys are lopsided on? Uh, you know, we always root against Phil, I think, every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, he's always a real popular guy. Uh, you know, no, I mean, there's nobody, you know, the, the guys like, you know, Kepka and Johnson and those kind of guys, you know, we, you know, we usually have those pretty low. Uh, so those kind of guys I, I, are usually, we're rooting for them. You know, right now I couldn't give you a name, but we got some big, big numbers out there, you know, that, uh, you know, a hundred to one, 200 to one. And if one of them sneaks into the, uh, you know, the final group on Sunday, I'll probably be rooting against him, but I don't know who that is right now. So I really don't know. But there's a lot of long shots out there, and you know this is uh, this is always a funny course and a funny tournament. So sometimes people do sneak up, but uh, I have a feeling it's be one of the favorites that, that plays really well here, and, and probably will be in good shape come Sunday. Chris Anders from the South Point. Chris, always uh, enjoy talking to you. I love this conversation. We look forward to doing it again. Good luck with the book. Then one day it's available everywhere. Chris Andrews is our guest, and we'll talk to you down the road. See you, Chris. Hey, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Chris Andrews uh, from the South Point. Good guy. Great stories. Looking forward to getting the book from you when you're done. uh, Because that would be that's. this is going to be a page turner. Yeah, I think it is too, especially yeah. if you're into this. All right, John Bowencamp's going to join the program next. John, uh, one of the, um, well, newspaper's latest, if you want to call them victims. Casualties. Uh, casualties, better way to put it. Yep. Now we'll talk to John next. What's next for him? He was at Basketball Media Day, or not Media Day, but Media Opportunity, as Fran McCaffrey talked basketball with the assembled media yesterday. We'll pick his brain on that and find out what's next. In the 11 o'clock hour, John Cannon on game number six tonight. It's Miller and Con- London, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As we uh, move on here, taking you up until noon, let's get our buddy John Bowencamp in here. John Bowencamp back on the beat. He's got his own blog, and as he tweeted yesterday, uh, he's uh, busy back to doing what he does as well as anything, and that's getting videos and TV shots. <laughs> uh, you're very good at that, John Bowencamp. You know just where to stand. Good to talk to you, Trenton Clay. Oh, it yeah, I, yeah, you figure it out pretty quickly. It's good to, good to hear you guys. Absolutely. So you're you're taking over the role that Phil Hattie used to have over there at Iowa, right? I I learned from the master. That's what I always <laughs> tell people. 
Uh, what's uh, so? Why 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 uh, move to the blog, uh, John? Is this uh, something that you hope to obviously expand on? Is this where we're going to get our John Bowen Camp fix going forward? And what is the name of the blog? Bees dash blog dot com. Yeah, um, you know, because my job was eliminated, quote unquote, on Friday. And uh, so, just sadly, just after you got off the radio with us, I believe. Yeah, yeah, within yeah. So, um, yeah. So, what I wanted to do is, is, is I mean, I, I, I just decided at that point, it's like, look, you know, I, I've, I've got some time here to, to do some things, and so I'm gonna to follow our minor league baseball team around our, our Class A Midwest League affiliate, like I was doing, except now I don't have the headaches of, of the business and running a department and dealing with what I had to deal with. So, um, you know, maybe I can do a little bit more and, and, and kind of go more in depth with, with players and, and, you know, the business of the game and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just something to keep my head in the game and keep myself out there. And, uh, cause that's all I can do at this point. Cause I want to stay in sports media, uh, you know, and, and so it's, a, it's an opportunity for me you know the team is the team has been more than willing to help me out, and you know so when they start the second half of the season at home here in, in a week or so, then I'll be back uh, in the press box in my same seat. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Well, good to see, you. and certainly good to hear that you're keeping that going here. The newspaper industry as a whole. One of our good friends, Andrew Logue, you know, he was with the Register. Mm-hmm. We we see it happen to people here locally and across the nation. John, uh, you mentioned to me the the corporate structure of newspaper business anymore. It's just it's so difficult as subscribers continue to go down. When you look at the future, you look at what is still to come in the newspaper industry. What do you see? I, I think that you know. I mean, I, I think that that um, you know. I think there's there's still a market out there for sports media. I think people want to consume you know, what it is, whether it's the printed product or online or podcasts or radio shows, whatever, you know, I think there's a market out there. It's just, you know, sometimes that, you know, I I think people have to take a chance on things and and let it kind of work its course rather than pull the plug after a year if it doesn't make money or things Mm -hmm. like that. And, you know, and I, I think that, you know the 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 newspapers that are going to survive in this country, and you know the media outlets are going to be the ones that that can deliver can deliver content to readers that you know or to consumers. I guess is the best way to put it that, that want it. You know, and um, you know I, I think a lot of people expect all that stuff to be given out for free, and it's not how it works. And uh, you know I go back to and I don't know if you guys follow this guy on Twitter. His name's Jeff Gluck. And he's a NASCAR writer, and he was doing his own thing for about a year and was offering a free blog, but he was also offering more to people who wanted to subscribe. Well, he got picked up by The Athletic, and his subscribers you know, were allowed to subscribe to The Athletic for a discount for the first year and things like that. And the people who were getting his stuff for free started complaining, hey, we can't <laughs> read you anymore. And, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, like people expect it to be free and it's like, you know, there's going to have to, there's going to have to be a way to figure out how to monetize the content because, and, and I think going forward, the, the smart media outlets will realize that and, and figure out a way to make money off it. Hmm. John Bowenkamp is our guest. John, what would you say to young men and women that, uh, uh, that want to do this for a living, that are going to school or hope to go to school and they, you know, so many of these, um, journalists, quite honestly, 
cut their teeth at some of these small town papers. I mean, we got a kid, Brandon Hurley, we had on earlier in the week. The Ringer just did a piece on him. Uh, he's covering Nick Nurse. He's, uh, he writes for uh, Nick Nurse's hometown paper, the, uh, the Carroll paper there, as well as the paper yeah. in Jefferson. So, but what would you say to young people that, you know, this is the, this, they love it. They've always wanted to do it. They want to be a sports writer. I mean, how, how do you how do you go about that, John? With all these papers now really cutting back to bare bones. I'll tell you what it's 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 hard for me. Um, I mean, because I grew up, this is what I wanted to do, you know. And and I grew up, and I you know, and I went to went to the University of Iowa, got my degree in journalism, and I started out as small a small newspaper, and and moved to the Hawkeye, and moved my way through here, and. You know, those days right now are kind of hard to do because, um, you know, in, in the recent cuts I've seen, you're seeing the small papers, the really small papers mm-hmm. get hit. And they think that the best way to offer content is, you know, the local parent who wants to write about a game. Hey, here you go. We'll give you 50 bucks. Go cover the game. And it's like rather than, than deal with quality. And, and so what I, what I would tell, you know, youngsters or youngsters, uh, you know, guys, you know, men and women who are in the field that want to get into this, that, you know, keep your eyes open and, and, and always be aware of, of, you know, try make your own future, do your thing, whether it's blog, podcast, whatever, try to do your own thing and, and try to, try to, try to make your way in this business. But it's more difficult now than it was, you know, in my generation. And you're starting to see that and you're starting, like you, you said earlier, you're, you're seeing a lot of great people that are out of this business right now because, you know, because somebody's counting money somewhere and, you know, the profit margin wasn't quite there. And so, you know, it's, it's disappointing and it's hard to see because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are getting discouraged. One of the things I noticed last week, you know, in the same purge that got me, I saw some young people down in, in, in Tuscaloosa at the paper down there. Uh, they, they got cut in, in the last few days on Twitter. I've seen them both find new jobs. So, you know, I mean, the opportunities are there for young people. It's just of going somewhere where they're going to appreciate your talent and they're going to they're going to try to help you out. with it. John Bodekamp joining us as we take a, a look into the newspaper industry. And John, now at your new blog at, at Bees Blog, you first article out on Joe Wieskamp from down to your neck yeah. of the woods. Wieskamp, a, a great freshman campaign, tested the NBA process and is now going to be back for a sophomore year. Get a guest. Uh, a lot more shots coming up for Wieskamp. What did he have to say the other day? Oh, I, and I and I think he knows that too. And 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 he's and I mean because I I think the ball's going to be in his hands a lot more this year. I think he's. I, I think you know the the talent he had last year. You know, I mean he there were some. You know, he was, he hit some big shots for that team early in the season when when you look back. And then you get into the Big Ten play. You know, he hits the three to win at Rutgers. Um, you know. I, I just think his game is now to the point where, you know, in, just even in that first year, I think he's to the point now, especially with no Jordan Bohannon, Paz likely, you know, I, I, I truly don't, I really don't think he'll be back this season. Mm-hmm. But so, so if he's not, you know, then, then the ball is going to go through Joe Wieskamp a lot more. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, this is the guy that can create his own shot, can get to the basket. He's a, he's a hard matchup for some people. I think he's gotten stronger. You can see that. And I, and I think it was good for him to go out and hear some different voices, you know, from NBA teams, the two that he tried out for that, that they, you know, told him, okay, you got to do this, you got to do that. And so when you get that kind of instruction, I think, you know, and, and it's, and, and Fran McCaffrey talked about this the other day, that you see players come back with a different focus now and a different mindset. And he's going to have to be a leader. 
He's going to have to do some things, you know, mm-hmm. this year that he didn't have to do last year. And I think he's ready for that. And I think he, I, I think this was a really good experience for him. Yeah, McCaffrey, few weeks. McCaffrey pointed out uh, during your, your uh, get-together yesterday just how important uh, uh, that leadership is going to be for Joe Wieskamp to, yeah. to, to develop that. I thought that was well said. Nunji's the guy to me, John, I, um, that, that uh, I don't know if he's the wild card, but... You know, he, he certainly, by all accounts, I'm sure you were, you've had an opportunity to see him. I know that the, the media had a chance to, to, to see him and to, and to talk with him late in the season. Uh, he to me is this guy that may, may, maybe, maybe is going to take this team to not, not, not to overachieve, but he's got a, he's got a chance to play a significant role. I'm anxious to see his 2019-20 season. Well, I think he had a really nice freshman. I did too. You go back a couple of years ago. I thought he had. A, I thought he had a really nice freshman year, and and I thought you know that 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 last year allowed him to get stronger a little bit. And when you think about it, this, is a six eleven guy like Luca Garza who can step out and hit the outside shot. Now with the three point line getting moved back, you know what does that do to his game? I don't know. But you know, and we talked about this before with with the defense is now going to be stretched out a little bit. That's one of the, that's going to be one of those guys that can hit that, you know, if he can consistently hit that 16, 18 foot jumper at 6'11, that's a really hard guy to defend. So, you know, I mean, I think he'll benefit, I think, as, as the defense kind of gets stretched out. And, and like I said, he's gotten stronger. So, you know, you're, you're looking at being able to put two 6'11 bookends out mm-hmm. on the court that can shoot threes, you know, or can shoot deep outside shots. So that makes this a really kind of a difficult team to defend if they can consistently, if Luka Garza and Jack Nunzik can consistently hit their shots. No doubt about it. John, Trent and I will uh, have you on uh, a bunch here. We want to you know, do our part here in Central Iowa to spread the word that you're still out there and you're, you're still very it. much readable. Bees-blog.com. John, thank yeah. you. Good to talk to you. Best of luck to you, okay? Thank you, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, good to so. talk to you. John Bowenkamp. Yeah. Uh, one of the good guys in the business yes. and uh, casualty of the, the his business, the newspaper business. And hopefully we'll see John when we're in Chicago at Big Ten Media Days. Absolutely. I anticipate that he'll be there and getting in the background of somebody's shot. <laughs> <laughs> 11 o'clock hour coming up next. John Cannon, Trent, and I will preview game number six here until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460.